Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. On one occasion, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard a certain Sahabi making dua in this manner. Allahumma inni as'aluka bi'anni ashadu annaka anta Allah la ilaha illa ant الأحد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد. The translation of this dua is, O oh Allah, I ask you through this means that I testify that you are Allah. لا إله إلا أنت. There is no deity but you. There is no God but you. Al-Ahadu Samadu Ladi Lam Yalid Walam Yulad, you are the one and only the independent who did not beget and nor was he begotten. Walam Yakullahu Kufuan Ahad and nor is there anyone equal to him. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard the Sahabi making this dua, he said Lakada Sa'alallah Bismihil Ladi Ida Suila Bihi Aata. وَإِذَا دُعِيَ بِهِ أَجَابَ He has asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that name of Allah and those attributes that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asked of anything with these words, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that person. And when Allah is called with these words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept that dua. Respected friends, these are the types of duas that we need to learn and inculcate daily in our du'as. Imagine if Rasulullah is saying that this du'a is so powerful and it is so effective that when you use these words, Allah will accept. Instead of whiling and wasting our time in all futile activities and reading different articles of futility with no benefit, let us utilize our time in learning these powerful du'as. So if you look at this dua, you will find that these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and attributes that are mentioned in this dua, this is what is mentioned in Suratul Ikhlas. And we were discussing the Suratul Ikhlas, Allahu Samad. And we spoke about what was the meaning of Samad. And one of the most comprehensive meanings of Samad is المستغني أن كل أحد المحتاج إليه كل أحد that being who needs no one and nothing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he needs no one, he needs nothing and every single thing is in need to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every, every single creature every single creation the most powerful creation the weakest creation the knowledgeable, the ignorant every single Creation needs Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whatever your position be in life, at no point should you ever think you don't need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At every juncture, every moment, every second of your life, you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And especially if that thought comes where you feel to yourself that now you are self-sufficient, that is a very dangerous thing. Because when a person feels that he is self-sufficient, he's got what he needs, He's got materialistic things. He's got wealth. Remember, he's in a very dangerous position now because that's when he's going to transgress the limits. That is when he's going to break the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is when he's going to become proud. He's going to become arrogant. And 
that is when he is going to lose the help of Allah. Because he thinks that he is independent now, he is self-sufficient. No, at no point can you ever feel you are independent, you are self-sufficient. Yes, you can feel independent towards people, but at every given moment you are dependent and needy to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu samad lam yalid wa lam yulad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not beget and nor was he begotten. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never fathered any child, nor was Allah born to any parents or any father. Lam yalid wa lam yulad. And this was a major mistake that previous nations had made. One group of Jews, they began to say, that Hazrat Uzair salam is Allah's son. Then the Christians, a large number of Christians began saying that Isa salam is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's son. Until now they will say, you know, God's son, and they'll have all these different things that they make up. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is clarifying this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not fathered any son. Yes, these are selected servants of Allah. They are prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once Shaykh Ahmad Didat was having a debate with one Christian. So these people look for certain things to poke at. So the Christian, he made an objection regarding the incident of Karbala. In Karbala, Hazrat Hussein radiallahu ta'ala, the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was martyred. In Islam, martyrdom is a very high position and it is a very lofty virtue in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they used to make, constantly make dua for martyrdom. Allahumma rzukna shahadatan fi sabilik. Allah, we want to be martyred in your path. So it's not any type of a disgrace. But these people... They don't understand this. They view it in a different way. So this Christian makes an objection and he tells Sheikh Ahmadi that, that uh, how is it that God allowed the grandson of your prophet to be martyred? Referring to the incident of Karbala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him with the answer. And he told that person, that according to your belief system, God never spared his own son who was being crucified. He allowed his own son to be crucified. So what objection do you have on the prophet's grandson? This is how he tricked him. He answered him in this manner, yeah, you saying on one hand, Isa salam is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's son. But think about it, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his son, he's going to allow him to be crucified. That too for your sins. The sins of the Christian, does that make sense? He's going to crucify his son for your sins. So that person was silenced. He did not have any answer. As I mentioned, these people, they look for these type of things now to object on. Once Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Sahib was in London, and you find a lot of these akabir, Wherever they went, often even non-Muslim priests and different rabbis and what have you, even in the Hindu, the sadhus, they should come to them. There could be different reasons for this. One is some of these akabir, you just sit in a company, you'll see that 
you'll feel like a, a natural attraction. Hazrat Mufti Mahmud al-Hassan Gangoi rahmatullahi, those who have seen him, some of them will testify to this till now. I know people that tell me that the first time they looked at Mufti Mahmud sahab rahmatullahi, and they were modern people. They couldn't look at his face directly. They had to put their eyes down because there was such a light and nur emanating. Another personality like that was Hazrat Munayi Inamul Hassan sahab rahmatullahi. If you just looked at him, you'd see like a, like a light emanating from him. So they should also come to the company. So one day, the whole lot of these priests are there, and they decide to pose a question. So what they found, they found the incident where the hypocrites in the time of Rasulullah they had laid an allegation against Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, al-iyazu billah, that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha had committed zina, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself exonerated Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. That the whole ruku in Surah Nur was revealed, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had shown that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha was completely innocent. So these people came with a very, you know, in a very cynical manner. And like you can see, like they laughing. And they asked Hazrat Mufti Mahmud sahab rahmatullahi, tell us about that story wherein people had accused the Prophet's wife of, of committing adultery and zina. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired Hazrat, Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Sabra was a very, very witty person. A lot of these people should come to him with all these objections and sometimes like within seconds he'll just silence them. So Hazrat said, see, in history, there were two women, two great women, there were two very great pious women who were accused of adultery and committing zina. From those two women, one had also brought a child, referring to who? Hazrat Maryam salam, Mary. They forgot about Maryam salam, and now they are accusing Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. Now they are laughing about Hazrat Aisha. So as they say, don't throw stones when you are living in a glass house. You want to throw stones at people, you forgot about what's in your own religion. So a lot of them forget about their own things and they're trying to look for faults in Islam. So one had produced a child, Hazrat Maryam salam, and one there was no child. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu had no children. So who should I begin with now? You want to hear the story? Which story should I start off with? So all were just silenced. Smiles wiped off their faces now. Messing with the wrong person now. You forgot about your own incident. So however, we were just speaking about this, these Christians and how they would normally try to make objections. So don't get carried away with these objections. The idea is to confuse you and complicate things. A lot of them are not even sincere. A sincere person, he'll come and he'll ask the question. You know what, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of doubt. And this is, he won't do it in a cynical manner or in a way that he's trying to like silence you or trying to put your religion down. So in this ayat, ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah clarifies, Lam yalid wa lam yulad. Allah has not, did not beget, nor was he begotten. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no children, and nor was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala born to any parents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true understanding. Wa akhiru da'wanam.